welcome to the What I Love About Men podcast. I'm your host, Steph Ganowski. After having multiple negative experiences with men, I started to believe all men were toxic. That is, until a few male strangers challenged my belief completely. This made me realize that a major problem with men in relationships stems from the fact that most men don't really love themselves or pay enough attention to their own strengths. I want to change that. Now I'm on a mission to help men thrive mentally, emotionally, physically, and sexually in their relationships with themselves and with women. So stay tuned and see how my passion can help you as a man. Hey guys, I hope you're having a great day. Before I dive into the podcast episode, I want to remind you that this podcast is free of charge. The only thing I ask in return is that you please rate and review my podcast. It would mean so much to me um, if you could give it a good five-star rating, a nice review of how it's valuable to you, what it has done for your life, or why you enjoy listening, or what's your favorite episode. And I always love to hear your feedback, too. If you can follow me over on Instagram, at Steph Ganowski, and just throw a DM my way and say, hey, I really love this episode. I really resonated with it. It was fucking awesome. Whatever. That would mean the world to me. It gives me an idea of what content I need to continue making, which will benefit both of us, right? So now I would love to introduce you to the guest of our episode. His name is Coach Lane. Coach Lane Lee is a performance coach and a fear psychology enthusiast specializing in technique and understanding, overcoming mental blocks, and helping the hundreds of athletes he works with to outperform their performance-related fears on a daily basis. His podcast, The Fearless You University, takes an unorthodox look into the concept of fear, seeking to explore, dissect, and examine some of life's greatest fears from the standpoint of understanding. It is his belief that fear is not something to be conquered, but instead understood. Coach Lane, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Steph. It's great to be here. I'm really excited to talk about fear of intimacy. This is such ah, oh, this is such a good topic, and especially with Valentine's Day right around the corner, right. I'm sure like you have a lot to say about this. I have a lot to say about it. So right. let's dive in and let's go. And let's start off with you just telling us what what do you believe the fear of intimacy really is. Now, of course, this is not an all-encompassing answer, you know, but I really think that fear of intimacy boils down to two main things. One, a fear of vulnerability, and two, a lack of understanding of self, um, coupled with a lack of confidence. Yeah. I think that the fear of vulnerability kind of stems from, I think, a fear of being judged as being uh, less than a man, right? But that's also mm-hmm. assuming that your idea of what a, what a man is, is a healthy one. Um, I think that Jason Wilson, um, who is the author of a book, Cry Like a Man, I think that he put it best when he describes the idea of a comprehensive manhood, right? Which he describes mm-hmm. as uh, a comprehensive man is courageous, but also compassionate, strong, but sensitive, and lives understanding from his heart and not from his hurt. And I think that that, that is just a beautiful definition because it's, it's saying, that. right. It's saying that a man is what he needs to be when he needs to be it, but understanding those moments, that's where really being a man comes from is understanding when the right moment is to be those, you know, to activate or call into action those different attributes. When do I need to be compassionate? When do I need to be sensitive? But when do I need to be courageous? When do I need to be strong? And, um, and you know, you and I yeah. talked about it on, on my show as well is 
knowing, you know, knowing how you're using those words like strong and courageous, especially words like strong that have been given such a broad definition in our culture. And so, yeah, like right away you you think physically strong, you don't think mentally or emotionally strong. Exactly. Yeah. So giving it different attributes and really, you know, understanding the definition of the words that you use. And, um, I don't know why I had that long O on there using. Um, (laughs) and then the lack of understanding of self and confidence, you know, and I know a lot of guys really get trumped up when they hear, you know, I'm confident. I'm, I'm confident, dude. And yes, you are. You're confident in, in some areas, but we're speaking specifically in the area of vulnerability, both, you know, emotionally and psychologically and Mm -hmm. being able to say, with confidence, like, yes, I can access my emotions, talk about my feelings, this, that, and the other, and understand that I think there's confidence in admitting you're not confident in certain areas as well. So for for me, as a performance coach, I always try to get my athletes to understand themselves or my clients to understand themselves better and to to really promote the idea that understanding um, is key. And I think that when you have this fear of intimacy on top of that fear of vulnerability, if you don't truly understand yourself, um, it's going to be really hard for you to open up to another human being uh, with that vulnerability and get, get to a point where you are able to meet both yours and, uh, your and their, um, expectations for what that relationship should and could be. Yeah. And I feel that intimacy is really, I think it's very intimate to be vulnerable. I think that's a very Mm. intimate quality. Right. And maybe that's why a lot of men, especially fear intimacy, because it's like, you know, I, then I have, then that means I have to be vulnerable and that means I have to be more emotionally aware. And that's, that's scary. And that's not something that I see as strong. Right. And I think that's the problem is there's this separation between like emotional strong and physical emotional strength and physical strength and intimacy is a form of weakness I think right. in a lot of men's eyes. I completely agree. And I think that it's it's really hard for a lot of guys to um to get there when it they've spent their lives being taught or just learning from culture that vulnerability is is a sign of weakness. Right. Or, mm-hmm. or is a sign of by focusing on your emotions, you know, talking about the way you feel. And again, I'm speaking mentally and emotionally, you know, because we do feel things mentally. When you're taught so much that this put up this wall, uh, it gets really hard for you to break down that wall or even look over that wall and see that there's another side to things. Um, and so it's really hard for them to get to a point of being able to understand themselves because they they've been taught for so long that that is a sign of you know a, of weakness and mm-hmm. like you said being less than a man or going against what a, a man should be it really is all about understanding yourself because when you can be intimate with yourself you can be intimate with women True. and it, it does take time like you said it's easier to just be the aggressive the aggressive guy that doesn't have to deal with any of the emotional conversations or doesn't have right. to you know, own up to that because it's uncomfortable. Like that's the easy route. And if you want to have a good relationship and you want to overcome these fears of intimacy and rejection and, and face all that, then you have to really, you have to really get to know yourself and you have to be 
more self-aware enough to, to know that like, I need to work on this shit. Like right. I need to overcome this fear of intimacy and just acknowledge it and kind of admit that you have a fear of intimacy. It's okay to admit that too. Right. And you don't have to tell the world, but just to tell yourself and be true, be real with yourself. Like look right. in the mirror and tell yourself what's really going on. Because if you're just lying, if you're just living a lie, if you're just living a lie, it's really not it's really not helping you and it's not helping your relationship and it's not right. helping you overcome these obstacles that most men need to overcome now with, with all this emotional confrontation. So, right. So yeah, and get intimate with yourself. Two more, two more points. I just really quickly wanted to add to that is, you know, uh, first in, in, I think in many cultures, when you admit that you have a problem or, or the idea of have of being a problem, like being the problem or having a problem is seen mm -hmm. as, oh, well, there's something wrong with you. We need to treat you. That's how a man is going to look at it. If I admit defeat and admit that I have a problem or that I am the problem in this relationship, then that's me admitting there's something wrong with me and there's nothing wrong with me. And I think that's a, that's mm -hmm. a really important standpoint to understand, you know, like, no, there may be something wrong with you, but it doesn't mean that that's the diagnosis. You know, that's the final diagnosis, that there is something that can be done. And much more likely than not, you're going to come out on the other side of that treatment as a better human being. And then that's yeah. kind of leading into the second thought that I had, which is you are a human being. You know, at the end of the day, to never be defined by your masculinity, but to embrace your humanity is so much more important. You know, where you're not defined by saying, oh, well, I am a man because this, this, and that. Instead, recognizing that you're human and that you share so many of your struggles with brothers and sisters around the world. Um, yeah. I think that helps you to embrace your, your masculinity so much more and say, you know, yeah, I'm a man and this is what that means. I think there are some times where I am just spent, you know, and so there are days where I'm home with my wife and, you know, it's the first day we've had alone together in, in a week. And I'm like, I'm sorry, honey, I am just not feeling people today. And she, she's like, okay, thank you for telling me because it's much better than yeah. lashing out at her in anger or, you know, um, misleading her into thinking that I have a problem with her when really it's nothing personal. It's just that I need a break. So, and mm -hmm. I think that is a, that's a very human problem to have, you know, that doesn't make you any less. Yeah. And that's being emotionally aware of your human problem. Right. Exactly. When you can acknowledge it and share it with other people. That's, that's, I think what more men need to do. And like, as we said, um, in a private conversation we had where we were talking about how there's, there's a time and a place, you know, to share that vulnerability. And right. that's important. That's important too. And like, I don't want men thinking, oh, now I have to like share my emotions every time I have an emotion. No, you don't have to. Like you share it when right. it's appropriate. And what makes when you are self-aware of your emotions, you know, you have a better sense of should this be shared? Like, do I need to convey this to my partner? Like, do I need to right. let other people know that I'm feeling this? Like, you'll know. You need to get in tune with your emotions first. And I think a good step is to just start journaling them and getting mm. them out of your head and on, on yes. paper. Maybe not necessarily start talking to everyone about them. That may, you may be uncomfortable with that for now, but as a start, just get them on paper, at least get them out of your head. And that right. would be a great first step before um, sharing them with others. 
it's interesting because I remember a, a mentor that I had when I was in my early 20s told me that. He said, great men write things down. And it's, it's funny because mm-hmm. I'm just now remembering that phrase that he used. And mm-hmm. that was great him. Great men write things down. Right. That was him attempting to communicate to me what he thought um, a great man was, you know, what manhood mm. was. And so it's just really interesting when you actually take the time to go back and listen to those conversations you've had before, listen to those memories, you'll reveal a lot when you're looking at it from a different perspective. Yeah. And I think like a, a great second step to that is to start video recording yourself because it's so easy mm. to just take a video of yourself today. And what I used as, as a tool to rid me of my anxiety or to help me become more self-aware of my anxiety was to re- video record myself whenever I went through a panic attack. So wow. I would record me going through an attack and all the, the feelings I had during right. that attack. And I would like, I would have videos of me just facing the camera, like crying, just saying, I feel like I'm going to die. I think that person doesn't love me anymore. Like, I feel like I'm, you know, being misled or lied right. to. And I, anything that was in my head, I just set it straight to the camera. And that way I knew that when I was in a better state of mind and I was out of my attack, seeing it from a healthy perspective, I can, I can assess like what that girl needs to hear the next time she goes through wow. an attack. I so it was like a very, stuff. yeah. That's yeah, I, I, yeah. Thanks. And I recommend it to my clients now because I say, you know, if, if you're feeling like all this built up anxiety and you don't know, because most men will not do anything about it and they won't release it and they won't talk to people besides, right. besides me, some of them. So so I'll say, you know, set up your, set up your camera. Like if you're not going to write it down, set up your camera and like, just talk to yourself, like talk, talk to yourself. No one has to know. You can delete it after, you know, just like talk to yourself and save it until you get a clear headed mind and then sure. go back and be like, what does that guy need? Right. What can I do next time? Cause I'm in that situation to not stay there, to get out. I completely what? agree. And that, that gets you back to that understanding of self that goes back to that whole yeah. idea. You know, and that's such a good way to study yourself and understand yourself and what you need at certain times. For sure. And the more you understand yourself, the more confidence you have in that area of understanding or in the area of understanding. That's, that's awesome. I might end up, I'm definitely going to end up using that for, I've had a, a number of athletes over the last two or three years that suffer from panic attacks. And, um, it usually happened during private lessons. So when it's just a one on one trainer and athlete. You know, they get into a bind and they're not performing at the level that they think they should be. And they, the confidence starts to go down and then the panic sets in. And so, you know, once I learned, I was like, wow, this is, this is very revealing. This is great. You know, they would apologize. I'm sorry you have to see me this way. And I'm like, no, this is great. Like, this is me understanding you better. And I hope that I can help you to understand you better as well from this. Um, but for me, it was always, talking them through and helping them to understand psychologically what they were dealing with for, for to as a personal um journaling exercise i think that is that's phenomenal i'm definitely going to recommend that they do that yeah awesome yeah recommend it and then even when they're in a when they're in a very high energy positive state of mind whenever i'm in a really good place and I'm like, holy shit, this is the best day. Like, I feel amazing right. <laughs> today. Then I'll record myself then too. And I'll be like, right. this is why I feel this way. I got up at 5 a.m. I like, I worked out right away. I read when I worked out. I didn't go on Instagram. You know, I, I spoke to this person who I haven't spoken to. And I'll just wow. like do a recap of the day that makes sense as to why I feel so good. 
Yeah. And then I can use that video as like when I'm in a shitty place, I'll look at yeah. that video and be like, all right, maybe I need to do one of these things to get to that place. Especially for so the millennial gener generation, like for our generation, like we're, we're always focused on what's next. And yeah. I think a lot of us tend to forget to celebrate those moments. And so that's really good that you do that because yeah. you are taking a moment to say, to celebrate the good and the bad. Like, look, I'm in a great mood today. This is me taking a moment to recognize that, or I'm in a really crappy mood today. Mm -hmm. This is me taking a moment to recognize that. And I think that, um, we so, so often focus on what's coming next. We're just trying to get through those moments, like, especially the crappy ones. Like, you know, we're just having a really bad day. We're just trying to get to another euphoric oxytocin riddled good moment, you know? And, but then when we get there, we don't acknowledge it. But we don't like, acknowledge it. Exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. Like we don't celebrate the fact that we got there. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's freaking awesome. I love it. Thanks. All right, let's go to the next question. Do you believe that most men have fear of intimacy confused with fear of women? I, I kind of do believe that. Um, it's funny because when I first read the question, I was like, ah, I don't, I don't think so. Like, I think it really boils down to this idea of vulnerability. But now that I'm like really hearing, um, the, the context of the question, I would actually say that, yeah, a fear of intimacy definitely is tied to a fear of women. Um, but I would say it's, it's definitely, again, it's from that place, that lack of understanding, lack of understanding themselves better and definitely a lack of trying to understand women. And again, going into society and culture, you know, men have a lot of jokes about trying to understand women. Like, oh, you, you know, you'll never find the G spot. Uh, it's not a real thing. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, um, you know, that's just a woman thing. You know, like we don't really try to understand women. Yes, women are complex, far more complex than men. But that doesn't mean that you don't take the time to try to have at least a general understanding of your behavior um, and when you're trying to relate to women. Um, and, and I think that furthermore, it really helps you if, if you can come up with maybe like a, a roadmap when you are dating and understand that the woman you are pursuing is a completely unique human being, that she's not going to be this, this, um, archetype that, you know, fits into a certain box or a mold, you know, that she is an individual. Mm -hmm. And so even though she might share characteristics with, um, another woman that you have dated or, um, interacted with, she might remind you of your mom or your sister, your auntie, your niece, whatever. She might remind you of, of other women out there, but at the end of the day, she is a completely unique human being. And I think speaking personally, I remember when I was dating my wife, I was trying to understand her as a stereotype, I think. And not to say that she was a stereotype, but I think I was trying to put her in a category of understanding. A woman box. <laughs> right. A woman box. Exactly. I was trying to understand her as a category, but I, I do think that in going back to your question, I do think that it does, you know, in, in addition to understanding, it boils down to many guys being afraid of being vulnerable and believing um, a lot of the lies of male culture that men aren't supposed to show emotion that doing so will come across as weakness. Um, you know, again, a lot of the things we said before, you know, we confuse strength with stoicism, you know, when, when real strength is being yeah. able to 
express and display any number of emotions with confidence, understanding. So yeah, but it doesn't mean that if you've been cheated on, if you've been lied to, if you've been broken up with, you know, these are things that inform you of what makes you tick as a human being. If they, they affected you, be present with that, those feelings and be present with that hurt, but don't let it define you. You know, again, like you said, write it down, mm-hmm. journal it out, um, record yourself expressing how this made you feel and why you distrust, why you hurt, why you want to cry, which is okay. Um, I think I just learned that, that, uh, there are stress hormones that get released when you cry, you know, which is why crying helps yeah. you feel better. So healthy. Yeah. yeah, it's healthy. You're actually releasing stress, you know, go hug somebody for, you know, what is it? Uh, 17 seconds or 10? It's between three and 20 seconds. Let's just mm-hmm. go hug somebody. Yeah. I think it's like, and, ten, yeah. You know, like, 10 seconds. but it, it's okay to admit these things. And understanding yourself as completely as possible really helps. Yes, you've been hurt in the past, but don't let that define your future. Yeah, because the more you dwell on that, the more you're you're going to feel those feelings. Completely. So it's important to, yeah, it's important to move on. And uh, and in order to move on, you have to first release those feelings somehow. Yeah. So if you're not talking them out, then like you said, hug them out, write them out, like right. you know, do something something to get them out of your head and start feeling in the way that you want to feel. And, you know, we have to, and we I, have to also acknowledge those guys that maybe just aren't that verbal. You know, they don't, there are people that don't know how to verbally express themselves and there's nothing wrong yeah. with that, you know, find another outlet, but mm-hmm. definitely don't let the lack of words hold you back from taking that next step and in, in, in understanding yourself, your relationship and your world better. Yeah. And I think a really important part to add to the journaling is to remember that you don't want to just keep journaling about your fears or about your negative emotions or about Ooh, your, good point. your discomforts. You want to end the journaling with something that uplifts you or something that brings the confidence into your body and your mind. Because Love if you're that. just cons, I was just telling this to a client on the phone yesterday that if you're just consistently over and over writing down these negative feelings, you know, what are you telling your body? What are you telling yourself? Right. Especially if you're writing things like, I feel like a failure or I feel like I'm afraid of this and I fucked up with that constant repetition of that vocabulary and those feelings that you're keeping in your body as you journal that right. you're not actually releasing them. If you do this daily, you're just bringing them back in and then you're right. living the same life and you're feeling the same way. Right. So if you don't want to repeat the pattern of having these fears and you actually want to rid yourself of these fears, then it's important to end the journal or continue the journaling with, but I'm moving forward. I know that I will not be afraid of intimacy because I'm going to begin to understand myself through blah, blah, blah. Or I'm going to, these are the changes I'm going to make to overcome this fear. And I'm going to work very hard to do that because I'm a strong man and I'm, I'm a man of my word and I do what I say I'm going to do. And I'm confident in that. So it's just about ending on that note of empowerment and and releasing that, releasing all the negativity and all the feelings of sadness and fear, but also adding what you want to start feeling because sure. that's what's going, you want to keep those feelings in your body. You don't want to keep the other ones in your body. I say, give yourself a compliment sandwich, you know, start off with yeah. a compliment, then get into the nitty gritty and, and all the ugliness and then end with a compliment, mm-hmm. you know, like if, if, if that's how I approach my coaching and it, it was something I, I didn't even that. realize I was doing. But yeah, you know, compliment sandwich yourself, you know, start out with something that's 
positive to get yourself in, in a, get yourself out of that negative mindset. And that again is really hard for a lot of people to do. You know, I've challenged, um, some of my clients to, um, start their day off with three positive things that they say to themselves in the mirror. And they've come back and said, I, I had a mm -hmm. really hard time with that yesterday. And I'm like, really? You yeah. know, that, that, that should reveal to you that, you know, you need to, um, that maybe your, your mindset is, focused on the negative a little too much. I love that. And I I was actually just reading a, a psychology book yesterday and it was talking about the compliment sandwich because it's like when you're in a difficult conversation in a relationship, right. it's important to first acknowledge something great about her. That way she opens her heart and her ears. Oh, and then yeah. you can say what needs to be said that's maybe difficult, but she's listening now because you caught her attention in a positive way. And then you end it on a positive note of like, right. you know, I'm here to support you and I, I, I love you and I just hope you understand this, you know? When um, you think about in a relationship, like what you're saying, you know, if if you start a conversation off with, with something negative right away, um, think about how often that puts people in a defense mode. You know, they get defensive exactly. right away. So they shut off. They turn shut off, off their ears. So why wouldn't you do that if you're talking to yourself? If your self-talk is negative right away, why mm. do you think it's so hard for you to come up with something positive to say? Because now you're defensive. And not only that, yeah. again, I used to do that all the time. I used to think I was the only one going through something. It got me to a point. This is just being completely vulnerable. I hate to even admit this. It got to a point where I was looking in the mirror. I was like, I hate you. Like, I hate who you are. Oh my and, and, and looking back on it now, it may not have been, it wasn't a type of hate where I wanted to hurt myself. It was just this level of disappointment in myself that I couldn't, I wasn't taking the time to fully understand. Um, and so it was, and it was coming from that negative self-talk where I was always saying, why are you always messing up this way? Why are you doing this? There was no compliment or no positive talk to that in, inner monologue or, uh, you know, that yeah. dialogue I was having with myself on the outside even. Some guys think that's the way to journal. And some guys yeah. think this is me expressing my emotions. And that's the right. scariest part is like there are men out there who think that's healthy. Yeah. It's not like Ghostbusters where we have like, you know, that little trap that captures all the, the, the ghosts and the souls yeah, and yeah. keeps them locked in that thing. It's like, not like that where you spew all your ugliness and then it goes somewhere where it can be trapped forever. That would be beautiful. But I think that we have to understand it differently. When you start spewing ugliness, that just kind of lingers in your surroundings. It lingers in your world. Yeah. And so to counteract that, you have to mix in some positivity there so that you know, you're not just living in this atmosphere of negativity all the time. Yeah, for sure. Because I know there's a lot of there's a lot of men also like all my clients, I have them do with the mirror exercise too from mm -hmm. the very start. Mm -hmm. And most of them cannot look at themselves in the eyes as they say. Yes. Are you ever present with them while they're doing that exercise? I'm yeah. not. And I wish I was. That would be crazy. Yeah. Because I know like so many guys will say I couldn't look at myself right. for for more than two seconds. Like right. I kept looking away. I kept looking down. Wow. And I just find that fascinating that from the very start, like it's that uncomfortable for yeah. them to say something that strengthens them. I noticed that when I am yeah. talking to somebody about something I'm passionate about, I look them dead in the eye. Like, cause I want you to understand yeah. what I'm telling you. And then when I start yeah. speaking a little bit more vulnerably, vulnerably, or they ask me about something about myself or 
my life or my my marriage or anything i i look at their yeah. nose it's weird like i i know exactly where i look i'll look at your nose or your wow. mouth before i look at your eyes it's really and, and then when i and it was funny because again before i really started understanding myself it made me uncomfortable when i would look especially another guy when i would look another guy in the eyes it would make me uncomfortable because uh, again, like you've re already reinforced, men are have a hard time with that vulnerability and intimacy with other guys. I think yeah. something too that we didn't really touch on, uh, but that is definitely out there in the culture uh, is the, the whole concept of and truth of homosexuality. But with straight guys, it's always been mm -hmm. um, this thing that is to be feared. Right. Is, like, oh, you know, because yeah. you notice any any type. And this is a big I can't believe I haven't even touched on this yet. But a huge thing in male culture is that if you are emotional or you show emotionality or you have vulnerability, um, if you tell another guy you love him or anything like that, psh, dude, you're gay or you that's gay, gay, dude, yeah. you know, and and it it is this is what I was talking about earlier when I was saying male culture has a way of instilling fear in you because by the way the things that we say or the phrases we use like it's it's definitely very male oriented and um i know that when when i used to look guys in the eye when i would try because it wouldn't last very long and i would try to look a guy in the eye mm -hmm. it would it would make me it would, i would feel a twinge at like oh that was that was scary that was weird you know and it was yeah. it was because I didn't understand that level of emotional intimacy and vulnerability. Like for you to look another person in the eye when you're talking to them, you're sharing a piece of yourself and you're also accepting a piece of them when you're making that exchange. And for guys, that is a very uncomfortable situation. And if you're not secure in your manhood, it's a very scary situation. But that's also, mm. again, you see the, 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 the language I'm using. Why is it scary? Why, why is the thought that that's saying that, uh, that, that homosexuality is something to be feared? If you know that that's not your lifestyle, why are you afraid of that? If that's not your orientation, then why yeah. is that something to be feared? You know? So it really all boils down to understanding yourself better and more completely. Um, I got to a point where, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a believer. So, you know, looking at the Bible, I was like, um, male intimacy is all throughout the Bible. You have guys calling each other brother and telling them I love you. And like, that is something, you know, that God has instilled in us to be, um, to be able to share love, um, with men and women, you know, because we need that love in our life. We need that balance. Too much of one thing yeah. is, is going to tip you over the scale. Or tip the scale over. We need that intimacy. You need that yeah. intimacy. And I grew up, my brother is, you know, I'm, I'm super close with my brother. We, we still, to this day, we're both in our thirties. We'll still give each other kisses on the cheek and a huge hug every single time we see each other. And it's really a little off putting now that we both have mm -hmm. beards. So it's just weird having all that, that hair in your face. <laughs> but you know, we'll kiss, we'll kiss each other on the cheek. We'll kiss our dad on the cheek. And our dad is who taught us that. But you know, my dad still. I, I love that man to death, but, uh, he, he also struggles with, um, male, you know, intimacy and vulnerability. He struggles so hard 
And I find it just mm-hmm. perplexing how this is the example I had, you know, that, that he, I've never seen my dad cry ever in my life, mm-hmm. but emotionally, my dad tells me every day, still to this day, tells me that he loves me. Um, and te- he texts me in the morning. He texts me at night. He tells me he loves me. Um, and yeah, mm-hmm. he always taught us that hugging another guy was okay. Um, uh, you know, kissing another guy on the cheek as a greeting is okay. Like just do those examples. And yet he also taught me uh, a little bit of stoicism. You know, I remember there were times, mm-hmm. sorry, dad, not to put you on blast. I remember there were times when I got <laughs> in trouble at school uh, or I got in trouble at home for something that happened at school. Uh, this one time in particular, um, I got in a, a, a physical alter- altercation with the kid and he and I, we, we were like, Batman and the Joker. We just kept going at it all year. And um, mm-hmm. this one time I came home and I told my dad that I was like, yeah, he pantsed me in the cafeteria. Like He pulled my pants down and I didn't yeah. do anything about it just because I was so shocked and hurt. And I remember my dad, sorry, dad, I'm so sorry. But I remember him saying, you know, like, I don't, my son is no punk and I got in trouble for it. I got in trouble for not doing anything about that. And I get where he was coming from. I get that he was saying, don't let other people belittle and degrade you like that. Don't ever let them do that. I get it. But it was the, and you know, parents, they, they have a hard time. What like, did he want you to do? He, he would have preferred that I, at the very least, spoke up for myself and said something about it. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, coming from the school of hard knocks himself, he would have definitely wanted me to deck the dude in the face or, or something yeah. equivalent to that. But again, this, that was me trying to be someone I wasn't. I just wasn't into like physical altercations as a kid. I say it's not worth it. And I, I, I listen again, Jason Wilson. Um, he, he was saying how, you know, we look at, we look at the idea. He had this great acronym. I fail to remember it still to this day. Um, but he had this great acronym for the word thug and how, like, even, you know, like when I was growing up, you, you know, living the thug life was a cool thing and being a thug was cool. Yeah. But he was saying that the T in thug stands for trauma. And he said that, you know, in male culture, we wear trauma like a badge of honor. We, we wear our scars like a badge of honor. You see gangsters get tattoos. Mm-hmm. They have, Steph, Steph, think about this. They have teardrop tattoos. If that's not a yeah. juxtaposition, I don't know what is, right? I don't know of something mm-hmm. that has more of a dichotomy or a dichotomous definition than a teardrop tattoo, right? Where you are wearing your trauma as a badge of honor. You're saying, I am a hurt individual and I will remain that way by choice. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys, they, they kind of, they, they, they kind of grew up with that diet that dichotomous understanding of what being a man is. And it's, it's all or nothing for most men. And instead of being this one, I need to be, and this one I need to be. Yeah. And I think that just ties back to the, the self-awareness and the knowing what type of man you want to be knowing what that looks like and what that feels like and following through with that. Because as you also said, we're, we don't belong in boxes. Right. We are, we're our own person and it's important to know you know, what do I want 
how do I want to feel right. on a daily basis? And what type of relationships do I want? What type of woman do I want to attract? You know, it's not going to be the same as the man next to you. So it's important to know who you are coming from your history, your background, your needs, desires, wants, fears, and get in touch with yourself so that you can get a better idea of what you want and go for that. Yeah, definitely. Let's wrap it up and talk about the ways the men can overcome this fear of intimacy. And we talked about the journaling, you know, yeah. hugging it out, talking it out, videoing it out. <laughs> that was a great one. What are other ways? I, uh, the first thing, and, and this is just a cultural faux pas that I believe we all make. But personally, I don't believe that you can overcome fears, right? Like it, it's this idea that you can defeat a fear that misleads a lot of people into thinking that once they've overcome it, it'll be gone forever, right? So fear mm. is a very natural and very necessary part of our biology. So trying to defeat it or overcome it will only have you like repressing that fear until it resurfaces and rears its ugly head like further down the road. Um, usually more angry and more forceful than before. I've, I've likened it before to the, the, uh, to a beast, right? Some, some, uh, a wild, undomesticated beast. Um, if you back a beast into a corner and you try to suppress it, it's going to fight against you really, really hard. And even if you find a way to subdue it for a moment, it's going to come back and keep fighting. Right. And so I've, I've used the analogy of beauty and the beast before too. Like, when you watch the movie Beauty and the Beast, when Belle was trying to fight against the beast and get away from him because she feared him, their relationship was crazy, mm -hmm. right? It was tumultuous and it was angry. And, but the moment she saw his humanity yeah. and she took a moment to try to understand him, things started changing. And I know it's a really cheesy analogy, but mm, it, it, I love that analogy. Yeah, but it, 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 I, I love Beauty and the Beast. Right? <laughs> The moment that, that she saw, like, wow, there is a man under that, all that fur and, and, and that, vis, that, you know, beast-like visage, it really, when she took the time to understand him, it really started to click uh, between them. So that's what you can look at your fear like. Your fear mm. is just fighting to be heard. Your fear is most likely, or more often than not, your brain trying to talk you out of an intended course of action that it deems unsafe or uncomfortable. So instead of thinking of yeah. yourself as overcoming a fear, I like to say, think of yourself as outperforming it. Learn to understand it so thoroughly mm -hmm. that you can build a confidence around that fear so that the next time you have to face it, you know the steps to take in outperforming it. It's the same thing you said that you do with your video journal. It's the same exact concept. The fact that you take the time to study it so that next time you have a panic attack, you know the steps that you took that last time to get to a place where you could say, okay, I understand what's going on. I don't need to panic. So it's the same concept. Yeah. Uh, with that being- Oh, I love that. Thank you. Woo. With that being said, as a deconstructionist in the, in the way I teach, I believe that the key to outperforming any fear is breaking a skill or- uh, breaking a process down to its simplest components, mastering the mm -hmm. minutia, and then reconstructing whatever it is you're dealing with, reconstructing it then with a level of mastery and understanding that you didn't previously have. So um, 
specifically talking about, you know, how can you outperform this fear of intimacy or uh, fear of women? Um, when I have a client struggling with fear, I, I usually have three questions I always ask them to help us develop a basis of understanding. Number one, why are you afraid? And when answering this, it helps to be as specific as possible. Um, mm -hmm. we, many of us are uncomfortable with defining why. And that's the point. Get yeah. uncomfortable. Ask yourself over and over and over again. Nine times out of 10, I ask uh, an athlete. And, and again, most of my athletes are, are female. I'll ask an athlete why they're afraid. And their first response every single time is, I don't know. Because they're unwilling to yeah. admit to themselves and they're ashamed to admit to you and possibly them as well. They're ashamed and, and embarrassed to admit why they're actually afraid because they're a fear of, there's a fear of that judgment. Mm -hmm. Second question, when did you first encounter this fear? The when will help you inform or will help you form a context around that fear, right? What was happening in your life? Who were you as a person at that time? Uh, who were the type of people you were hanging out with and interacting with? Um, what happened in your life? Did, did someone die? Did you um, experience, you know, a tremendous uh, weight gain or loss? You know, like all of these things we don't think inform our fears, but they do. And it's because there's that level of discomfort that the brain is trying to, uh, to avoid. And so yeah, it, it, it will do anything that it can to get you to not be afraid or, or to not allow you to be uncomfortable. And therefore, it actually makes you more afraid. So it deters you from trying to pursue this thing. And then number three, yeah, uh, kind of already you know touched on this in number two, but what happened around that time? That helps you to form that, that contextual basis. If, if by this point, these answers reveal that the problem might be more um, emotional than psychological in strength and nature. I actually borrow a tactic from Tony Robbins and I asked them the two questions that I've, I've heard him use on multiple occasions. Um, number one, whose love did you crave more, your mother's or your father's? And two, mm -hmm. why? And again, there's that, that question of why. Why is a powerful question that is the most eluded and dodged, you know, we've already talked about it, but if we take the time to understand and define yeah. our why as definitively as possible, um, we can learn so many things about ourselves and our fears. I always like to say in the absence of specificity, fear thrives. It might get uncomfortable when exploring these answers, mm -hmm. but that's the point. A lot of our fear is our brains not wanting us to experience that discomfort. So outperforming it requires us to get comfortable with discomfort. So those would be my three things uh, that I would always recommend in terms of, okay, how do I go about outperforming this fear? Add this to your journaling process. You know, this, this episode, we've kind of highlighted numerous journaling exercises. Add this to your regimen and make yeah. sure like you can you just out, read those three questions really quick. Yeah, for sure. Number one, why are you afraid? Number two, when did you first encounter this fear? And number three, what happened around that time? If by this point you determine this is more of an emotional fear, let's ask yourself, number one, whose love do I crave more, my mom's or my dad's? And number two, why? And in all of those questions, make sure that you're being as 
specific as possible. Watch and see if your confidence doesn't increase the more often you start asking yourself these questions. Give yourself that compliment sandwich too. Make sure you're not just ending on that negative note, as Stephanie uh, pointed out earlier. Um, but make sure that you are getting specific and you're getting getting into the dirty truth. You know, just get into the nastiness of that yeah. we always try to avoid. Face your shit. Face your shit. Get in it. <laughs> <laughs> That was the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got a lot out of it. I think it's a really interesting concept to know that fear of intimacy could just be fear of yourself or fear of really getting to know yourself. Great conversation with Coach Lane. I always appreciate having discussions with him. Please remember to rate and review this podcast. And also, if you're struggling in the areas of fear around intimacy or women, then reach out to me, guys. First call is free. Go to the link in my bio at Steph Ganowski on Instagram, and I'm ready to help you. That's it, guys. Have a great day.